This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Tigris. We have a very exciting episode today talking about a theme that I've been asked about a lot on TikTok recently, which is wanting more detail about the relationship with my sisters. For those of you who are new here, uh, I am the oldest of three daughters. I am the oldest of three girls, badass girls. So I have two little sisters, Amea and Issa. Uh, I'm 24, Amea is 22, and Issa is 19. So we have a three, uh, no, two-year age gap between me and Amea, and then a three-year age gap between Amea and Issa. And I have a very different relationship with both of them. Like, Amea and I are learning to become friends again after not talking for, like, 10 years. After 10 years of her, like, very much resenting me and me feeling guilty and unsure of why she was angry at me, so then I was angry at her. It was, like, a whole shit show. But we're good now. And my relationship with Issa is very different because I think that we were always the opposite of that. Issa and I feel like we're never really competing. And if anything, um, if anything, I really or I have been told by my mom and my therapists that I like babied Issa and like overprotected her. And then whenever there was like drama in the family, it was always like, oh, well, Issa's just going to do what Nadia is going to do because we were like really close. But Issa's also like the wisest one of us all. Anyways, Issa has joined me on the podcast today so that we can talk a little bit about this oldest, youngest child dynamic, our relationship, and um, and just like how we fit into being an oldest child and a youngest child. So Issa, the spoiled one of the family, how are you? We're going to debrief that all today. <laughs> We're going to debrief everything I said. First of all, Issa, I would like to know what your first reactions are to what I just said. Nailed it. After 14 years of family therapy, I think we have that brief pretty down. Yeah. You know? New therapist. You got to give the rundown. It is true. Every time we go to a new therapist, it's like, okay, so here's one sister. The problem <laughs> that I have with this sister is this, this, and this. And the problem that I have with this sister is this, this, and this. And then you get the dynamics down. And then one time they said this. And then the other time I reacted this way. But I know that was bad. But this is how we're going <laughs> to fix it now. <laughs> like whenever we go to family therapists, it's a lot of us talking and self-diagnosing. Mm -hmm. because we've gone to so much therapy. But that's an important point because on uh, on TikTok and stuff, we get a lot of like, oh my God, like you guys have the best relationship. I wish I could be there. I, I mean, I wish I could be there with my sisters. Like I, you know, want to reach out. This makes me want to reach out to my sister. But like, it took us so much work to get to where we are. Like, I mean, you and Amaya, like you said, are just getting there. Yeah. Like we've worked at this. And I feel yeah. like you and I are transitioning out of somewhat of an unhealthy amount of dependency and like yeah. we're kind of transitioning into being friends. Because I know you said that like we've always been friends, but 
I mean, it's always been kind of like a power dynamic between us. Because I'm the oldest. Yeah. But like, you know. In what way? How like, have you ever seen the movie Life is Beautiful? Yeah. Okay. Gorgeous, gorgeous movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Like that whole thing is in Italian and I could watch it without subtitles. <laughs> okay. Um, But anyway, for listeners, gist of the movie is it's about a father and son who are sent to a concentration camp during World War II. And the dad creates somewhat of like a game out of everything that they're going through. He creates like a point system, a reward for this child. Like, and it kind of creates this fantasy world that they're living in while they're going through hell. And I feel like watching that movie, that was the first time that I had seen that kind of trauma bond kind of represented in the media. And seeing that, I remember a few months after I had therapy and I was like, finally clicked it like it finally clicked to understand our dynamic because for months I was like, everyone keeps telling me that I experienced it less, you know, Mm -hmm. everything with our dad. Everyone was like, Issa, you were protected. Like, you're fine. Because it's yeah. right. Like you said, I'm the wisest one. <laughs> like, yeah. I've done so much work to not have a mental disorder. And I say that with so much love. Like, I am the only one in our family without a mental disorder. And which I'm so grateful for. But for months, I was like, I kind of resented that. Because I was like, everyone is kind of devaluing my abuse story. However, after watching that movie, I was like, no, they're kind of right. Like, while I went through all of this shit with you guys, I feel like you and Amaya, but I will say, like, especially with you, you kind of created that fantasy world for me. and like. Like, I remember, didn't we have a war game? Like, we had a sister yeah. war game where when we heard screams and punches and when we, like, heard a lamp crash, like, we would snap into characters and pretend like we were in a war. Well, we would and, like, hide under mom's desk. We would hide under mom's desk. Yeah. And I say, and I mean, like, I don't compare our situation with this movie lightly, like, at yeah. all. But, like, I remember pretending like we were army crawling. And, I mean, this game was based off of stories we heard from Mama when she yeah. lived in Taiwan during the war. But, like, we would pretend to army crawl between desks and couches while, like, our parents were screaming and fighting. And I remember, like, while I stayed in character, I would, like, grab your hand and you'd be, like, kind of that rock in reality. And, like, that was kind of a huge support. Like, for me to understand that has really helped me, like, just heal and kind of be able to show you, I don't know. Like, (laughs) now— How do you think that manifested, like— as we got older and out of that situation. Well, that's what I was going to say. Because, like, I feel like now we're just sort of transitioning out of that dynamic. And, like, we ta- we talked about this a lot in the yeah. Disowning podcast. Where, like, I feel like I'm now showing you guys that I'm not only, like, able to take care of myself. But I can also protect you guys from, from things yeah. now. Yeah. And stuff like that. I do think that for a long time, like, I mean, probably until you were like five feet tall we say like so much I know we do say like a lot probably until you were about five feet tall I think that I always physically with you was very used to picking you up yeah like whenever I would get see you in school when we were in elementary school or at summer camp or when I was in middle school and you would come home on the school bus a lot of our dynamic even like physically was me picking you up and I was five years old when you were born. Yeah. So I very, I very clearly have uh, probably one of the few positive memories in my childhood that I concretely remember is mom going into labor, me being allowed to uh, pack all my stuff up and then making fun of a man that she couldn't come to the hospital when you were being born. And then I was so angry because me and dad fell asleep mm-hmm. while mom gave birth to you. 
But then I got to be like the first person to hold you. And it was just like super, super exciting. But I think because of that, you were very much introduced to me as like my baby sister. Like I was five. I was walking and I could pick you up as an infant. And then as we got older, I was always like picking you up and carrying you places. Yeah. And I feel like this had so such an impact on you and Amaya's relationship because I don't know you guys like solo. Like obviously I'm the third born, but like you guys had three years alone together. And then I entered into the picture. And like I one of the first photos of me ever is Nadia like holding me so tight with her shoulder to Amaya. And Amaya's like sitting there with like really big sad baby eyes because Nadia's like shoving me aside and like protecting me almost it looks like from Amea and I feel like maybe we should debrief this with Amea here but like definitely will that was one of the that's a staple family photo well and I think that this is part of it which is like I definitely was that spoiled only child for two years and then here comes along Amea taking my spotlight so I was like upset at Amea but then Issa was born and it was like Issa was my sister so there was definitely some of that like triangulation from an early age, which yeah. obviously we've talked about in therapy. But I guess I, I, but the thing is, is like, I always knew that you were capable and smart. But I do think that, I mean, we haven't, again, we haven't lived together in six years after I graduated. It was more like in my, like when I graduated high school, you were in middle school. So I think it was kind of like you were frozen in that sense, like for a little no, while. Yeah. And thank you for highlighting that I am capable and smart. Yeah, you are <laughs> capable and you are smart. And now you're like this full grown woman who is going to college. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that dynamic definitely did put a lot on me. And I mean, it it wasn't all you that like froze me in time. Yeah. And I mean, this is another episode talking yeah. about that whole process. But I think that our dynamic definitely did play have a very large role in my coming of age and like becoming independent which I think did happen later just because with everything that happened with our parents losing our dad losing our grandparents just having us like just having the four of us I definitely did see you as a mom sister as a parent figure for a lot of my life yeah and I think that's something that mom definitely said a lot was what which was like she was always really conscious of Nadia being manipulative and Issa doing what Nadia wants to do yeah and then I think I know that there were some times later where it was like everybody think you you would always say everybody thinks I just want to do it because you did it but that's not even true blah 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 I will say for a few years it might have been unconsciously true that like I would just follow you but I feel like we grew up flying what six hours three thousand miles away multiple times a year where like we would have to get on a plane yeah. And become friends with the flight attendants because it was three under 10 years old, yeah. like under 10 year old girls flying for like seven hours alone. And that was a terrifying experience. And what when did we start that? How old were you? Nine. Nine. So you were the oldest and you were taking care of two. Keep in mind so you were four. I was four. And so like I I remember this being so much fun, which is kind of why oh I talked God. about that movie, <laughs> because I remember like and I just talked about this with mom because I remember Getting on those flights was like a highlight of my year because I was like, this is so much fun. And I saw you as a parent figure. I just held your hand and like closed my eyes. I got to ride on the suitcases while we went through the airport. Like 
I, I honestly, I mean, maybe I'll unpack this with my therapist and shit will come out. But like right now, it was, I, like fun. It was fun. Like I honestly, I miss having those sister trips. I mean, we're going to Paris soon. But like yeah. those sister trips were really valuable for me. And like, I think that because we traveled so much solo together, like you guys are one of the most important aspects of my life. I do think like it's it's interesting because those plane trips were so terrifying to me yeah. because it was like I feel like I felt like if anything happened to you or Amaya, then I would get in trouble. Yeah. That's why I, I remember when sometimes when we'll travel together with Amaya, I'll get really upset if she walks off because Amaya doesn't have anger issues now, but she did for a little bit. She and she would like bit, yeah. she would walk away. She would get really upset and then like walk away. And in the middle of the city, it was always really terrifying because it was like, okay, dude, if you do that, like I get in trouble. But I, I do, I do have very, a lot of memories of us on that fucking flight. We would just watch Cartoon Network and George Lopez, like George, George Lopez, Lopez was huge, and like iCarly and any of the Nickelodeon late at night things on JetBlue. So much fun. <laughs> I remember one time, one time they gave us a seat, like there was an open row next to us and they filled the seat with bananas and cookies. Oh my <laughs> like, God. They I always just felt really bad for us. Yeah, they felt so bad for us. And JetBlue, God bless the what, 2010 to 2000, whatever JetBlue flight attendants that took care of us. And who knew us. And who knew us. There were, yeah, there were flight attendants we'd run into multiple times a year and they'd be like, yeah. they deck us out. It was literally, for context, this is because our mom lives in Portland. Our dad lived in New York. And when we were still talking to him, we'd go back and forth. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was one particular baggage claim dude in Portland who knew us because mom would always like yeah. not wake up to come pick us up. So we like the whole flight would deboard. We, we would like be handed off from the flight attendant to the um, baggage claim guy. He would wait with us for two to four hours. Yeah. While we were just sitting there. Before the age of iPhones. Yeah. So before we had anything to play with, when we were just staring at a fucking wall. Yeah. I remember that. That was what we were doing. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that, like, I don't know if you have this, but when I close my eyes and I think about what I look like in the mirror, I am very stuck at nine in many ways. Yeah. Like, I think of myself as, like, nine-year-old, no boobs, uh, short bowl cut, um and not how I look like right now and I still think that sometimes when I look in the mirror I'm like is that me like I have this kind of millisecond of registering that I'm I'm 24 are you in therapy yeah I'm in therapy okay <laughs> and I was curious if you feel stuck at a certain age I feel stuck at 16 blonde Issa face yeah Why? I've talked about this with with my therapist too because I think you get stuck at the age that you experience the most trauma. Like mm. I, yeah, 16 was really hard, which we've talked about in other episodes, but that was like the year of essay. Yeah. yeah. And um, prior to that, I mean, like I said, all of the traumas that we've had, I kind of hid under this fantasy world of getting to travel with my sisters. And like, yeah. I mean, there's there's more to that, but but you know what I mean? And And also when I was with mom, I was the sister that was, really open to therapy and like yeah. I started therapy and I started all these treatments these I mean you guys make fun of like massage and reflexology but I did all of that with mom and crystals and crystals <laughs> like I did all of that with mom as yeah. soon as I landed in Portland every time well I feel like you guys maybe that's why I don't have friends <laughs> but while you guys went out and like you had social lives whereas like I really hunkered down when I got home 
and yeah. like would go really deep into the years that passed until 16. Okay, wait. So when you were 16, <laughs> when you were 16, I was 21 and Amaya was yeah. 19. So we were gone. So you guys were gone. Point. So do you think that's why it was so traumatic was because like suddenly you had a hard yeah. time and your sisters weren't there? Yeah. Not that we could have like. I never like, really connected that, but you're right. Yeah. I never connected that. Because 16 is also, I think, the year a male left. Holy shit. I never connected that. Mind blown. <laughs> Wait, you know what's also cra- what crazy though? Wait, no. 16 is older. I think for you it's four. It was freshman and sophomore. So 15, 16. 15, 16. Yeah. Your second sophomore year. Okay. No, first sophomore year. Your first sophomore Lincoln. year. Okay. Yeah. So it was 16. Yeah, because that that was like the first year both of us were gone. Yeah. So, yeah, I was curious about that because I sometimes think about like with my when I've talked to therapists about it, where it's like, you know, I'd be like, I don't understand why mom thinks I have this relationship with Issa. Like, I know she's grown. And then I think it was my current therapist who was like, okay, but what age do you see yourself at? And where were your sisters at that time? And if you think of yourself as stuck at that point, then you probably still think of your sisters stuck at the age that you were at at that point. Which is where I think, like, I do think I see you as a friend mostly because, I mean, one, I don't really have other friends. Slap, but And even if I do, like, you're obviously the person I'm closest with. But I think another part is, like, you will all, like, whenever there's a big moment of you, for example, getting ready to go to college or taking your college ID, I still feel very, like, oh, my baby sister. You know, yeah. like, it's so, it's mind-boggling to me that you're going to college. Yeah. It honestly is mind-boggling for me, too. After that last year, I really thought I was never leaving high school. Yeah, you had a rough college application process. But you got your roommate today. I did get my roommate today. Which is super exciting. Really exciting. And she reached out to me because honestly, she apparently she had to call the housing and like, anyways. Yeah. Okay, so she figured it all out. Yeah, she we're going to be moving. I'm going to be so Maybe we'll be really good together. She seems like the person that will figure it all out. (laughs) Yeah, so you can follow it. Okay, wait. I So before we... Um, came on this podcast. I was looking at uh, online about the oldest child syndrome, middle child, and youngest child syndrome. And I want to read them to you and hear what you. The think. subway was really funny. Everyone around us was like, "What the fuck?" Because we were laughing, laughing so really hard. hard. <laughs> okay, so according to Parents.com, it says it's easy for ambitious firstborns to become perfectionists. After all, they see adults coloring inside the lines and pouring milk without spilling. Because the parents Who's are like parents. <laughs> it just says like your in general parents. Context here would be like mom being scared of uh, like killing me by being a bad parent because I was like the first kid she ever babysat. So being like overly protective yeah. and careful. So to this end, they may resist pouring their own milk or coloring on their own because they don't want to make mistakes. Um, perfectionist oldest child traits also mean firstborns may have trouble admitting when they're wrong. It's difficult to see how firstborns can become so tightly wound, new to their parenting roles. First-time parents can be overprotective and tentative while being strict and demanding. It can lean, lead to oldest child syndrome. What do you think? Is that like a diagnosable syndrome? I don't think so, but it's like something psycho- psychologists study. Do you think I'm a perfectionist? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. In some aspects of life. Like, I feel like I'm an overachiever. Like, I have very high standards for myself. Like, I'm obsessed with, like, achievement to an unhealthy degree. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. However, in the ways of, like, organizing your closet, you're not a perfectionist. You are. I am. That's where I am. But why do you think you are? 
because like life is messy. Because I had the time to, and also like our yeah our family grew <laughs> up like. Well, I mean, had the time to like you guys left so early. I had to take care of mom in the house, like yeah. you know. Um, but I mean, even with that, maybe that's why because you guys were so messy growing up. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now, extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote-unquote yes-men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us pod to learn more. Wait, I have an unrelated question. Yeah. I feel like I've always put a lot of pressure on myself to make money. Mm-hmm. To like make money and be financially stable because I didn't have like an older sister to fall back on or a parent to fall oh, back yeah. on. And we've talked about this a lot recently, which is like the mom you grew up with is very different than the mom I grew up with. Because like the mom I grew up with did not have any money, had negative money. And so I was always like, OK, I need to overwork. I need to make money. The mom you have is like on her feet, like has a business. <laughs> you, my Nadia and Amaya left the house and then we moved to the suburbs with two bedroom house yeah. filled, got a dog. There's two and a half. Like if we moved into a family home after you guys left. Yeah. We lived in like a bachelor's yeah. one to two bedroom. Mom got a sports car. Oh, yeah. Billy Bob was such a good car. Yeah. Until it broke. So <laughs> I feel like I always had this drive around like my career because it was a survival tactic do you have that or do you like to a certain degree I don't have it as much as you where it's like if I don't get this job I'm going to die and starve like because I feel like that's your mindset around it yeah I'm much more I do know that I have the safety of you (laughs) and I know that I have you know you guys fall back on like I and I feel like for me, that has actually helped me grow my business. Like, I mean, I do remember when we were under the poverty line, living with Mark and David. And I feel like that experience honestly has impacted us all in a way that like we've talked about this before where we're like, I don't want to struggle again. Yeah. And like, that's why we work so hard is because it it kind of comes from a scarcity mindset of like, I never want to experience that again. And I don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But do you have it consciously, like when something isn't going your way or when you think about your career, you're like, oh, yeah, I could succeed or I could. No, I have the mindset of like it'll happen. Like you, you're you confident it will. Yeah. If it's meant to happen, it'll happen. And if yeah. I don't want to do something, I don't do it. 
<laughs> Whereas I feel like you are like, if you don't want to do something, you're like, I have to do it. Yeah. No, if I don't want to do something, I won't do it. I do think that that's something that like always boggled my mind around academics with you. And I feel like I definitely was a tiger parrot to you for a while and still kind of am. Where like around extracurriculars, especially when I was approaching high school, I had to do all these clubs, even if I hated it, like Model United Nations, uh, mock trial. And then I was like, Issa, why aren't you captain of mock trial? And you were like, because I don't like it. And it was like mind boggling to me. I feel like, okay, so that was actually a really interesting transition for me going into high school because I saw you and Amaya go through that. You guys were all over the yearbooks. Like we, you guys came home with yearbooks and you were in every single club photo. So going into a high school, um, I mean, okay, let's start when I transferred into the high school that you guys went to because prior to that was a different story. Like going into a new high school, I definitely had the mindset of like, I have to do the same thing. I have to follow in the Okamoto name. I had teachers stopping me in the hallway being like, you're an Okamoto. Like you're the, you're the last Okamoto. I remember registering for, registering for classes and like Amaya's art was sprawled on the wall and like you were, your book was in every classroom. So like I had a name to follow. And so like, it wasn't so much of, I need to achieve, I need to be the leader of this. It was more like, I need to fill the shoes. And Mm. so it took a few months and I did do that for a few months. I ran four tables at the club fair. I showed up to musical theater auditions and tryouts. I got a role. I, um, I tried mock trial. I got roles in mock trial. I did MUN. Like I signed up for the things that you did. And then you and I it. feel like that was somewhat of us transitioning out of the whole minion phase we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Like I wanted to be you. So I tried and I crashed. I crashed. Like, do, do you remember this? Like the, I crashed six months into school. I really, I really couldn't get out of bed. I was so exhausted. It wasn't working for me. And so I sat down with my counselor and I was like, I, I, I just like over signed up for things and we cut back. And then after I did that and found what I was really passionate about, I started thriving in school. And I feel like that was really important for me. Yeah. Um, just to not only just like to individualize myself, but also for our relationship, realizing like, oh, I don't need to yeah. fill my sister's shoes. And I feel like that's kind of a youngest sister trope of like following in your footsteps. But that was a real that was kind of a huge turning point for me, realizing that like I can't be you and I'm not you. Yeah. And I'm not a Maya. And like, I can't fill your shoes, so I'm going to make my own. Yeah. And which I did. (laughs) And you, so you feel like you have. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's it. But I mean, but that is another aspect of achievement is that I, I was like, I have to create my own shoes. So I, I was like, okay, well, what did, what did, what can I do that they didn't? So like, that is another trope of one also being Asian. Yeah. Like we had to be the stars of the show, well, and which I take literally, one. which I take literally because I, I chose music. I started yeah. performing in all the assemblies, of course, prior to COVID. I started the acapella club, the glee club. I just I took the music route. I, I became known. I told everyone that I was an opera singer, invited them to like my shows. Like yeah. so I took a route that our school hadn't seen before. And so I think, you know, it was a process, which I also feel like it's like the yeah. the results of having a it's not, mom is not a tiger mom in the typical sense of a tiger mom. I know we've talked about this before. <laughs> it's much more in the like, we, uh, exactly what you said. It wasn't pressure to get like straight A's. That was like a bare minimum. It was more like, yeah. oh, like what path are you doing that nobody else has done because you're passionate about it, which I'm yeah. very thankful for. It was like an artistic tiger mom take. Yeah. Have we talked about the body systems thing? No. Like I feel like a whole kind of example of the way that mom raised us was 
when we were growing up, instead of having lectures and sit down conversations about don't smoke, don't drink, don't yeah. do drugs. Do you remember what she did? No. She took the three of us. She drove us to Seattle or something and took us to an open museum of like the body, the body yeah. museum where they would show like skinned skeletons and yeah. bodies that were donated for science who have smoked, who have drank like pregnancies that have been through like substance abuse, like all of it. And they were real yeah. humans. And so instead of being like, don't smoke, she showed us some black lung encased in this glass. Like that's what will happen. Like, if that's like, she was just like, that's what happens. And like, so it was just like, do you remember this? Yeah. It's like tiger parent in the way where it was like, it wasn't just like punishment, punishment. She was like, yeah. I will scare you. And it wasn't punishment. Mom didn't, mom never didn't, she didn't with me. No, she did. Mom tried to punish me. Like it was always really funny because mom, mom just would had be like, her hands full. Too. You're, you're grounded. And then I'd be like fighting about it. And then the next day she would like be working. So she would always ground me and then have no capacity to actually enforce the grounding. I mean, mom had two other daughters to take care of two whenever she was dealing with one of them who were crashing too, who were crashing. Okay. Um, going to the youngest child characteristics, because apparently I definitely have oldest child syndrome. Um, wait, I, another part of oldest child syndrome, I feel like is the pressure to like be first obsession with like um the achievement side but I also think a lot of it is like not being able to get out of the caretaker mode which is funny because then I crashed and really needed to have caretaking yeah whole other thing anyways which is kind of we switched roles for a little bit then. yeah we did we switched roles for a little bit. then parents.com youngest child characteristics since they are no longer first-time parents parents tend to let things slide once the last child comes along as a result lastborns usually get away with more than their older siblings do Mm-hmm. This is true. They shoulder. I can, I can attest that that's yes. true. Around everything: sex, drugs, alcohol, everything. Yeah, grades. They shoulder less responsibility, so the youngest child tends to be carefree, easygoing, fun-loving, affectionate, and sociable, and they like to make people laugh. Which you think is you only like to make your family laugh, mm-hmm. but being the youngest isn't all roses because lastborns view their older siblings as bigger, faster, and smarter. Okay, they may attempt to it differentiate says that, Nadia. Yeah. <laughs> Being lastborns view their older siblings as bigger, faster, and smarter, they may attempt to differentiate themselves by being more rebellious. Yeah. You did do that. I did do that. And uh, wait, let me see. Lastborns have an I'll show them attitude. And if older siblings baby the baby, lastborns might be spoiled and manipulative. (laughs) Accurate? Yeah. Parts of it. (laughs) No, that all sounded really fucking accurate. Definitely accurate around you got away with a lot. Like, I remember always being so upset. Like, how come Issa doesn't really have a curfew? How come Issa gets to phone so early? Issa gets to go out. Issa gets to date. No, no, I can attest to this because I kept an open line of communication with mom, which you guys did not. Okay, there was some sort of self-sabotage too. Like, with you and a man's relationship with mom, it is so different. Like, every time I bring up that I really want to get this mom tattoo, you're like, ew, why would you guys do that? Why would you do that? Whereas I have a completely different relationship with mom because not even once you guys left, but prior to when you left, like I, my mom's my ride or die. Yeah. You know? Well, you also look like mom. Yeah. And I look, I look like mom. Like I feel like I think might have an impact on how she sees me. No, I definitely think that, well, part of it too is that I think that because, um, I definitely am more stubborn than you. 
Like mm-hmm. you're very flexible. For certain things. For certain things. But I mean like with mom. Mom and I fought in a different way than you yeah. and mom fight. Like yeah, yeah. you and mom have fought before. But it's always of like a mom is busy. And do you guys yeah. ever fight? Well the big fights that we have are notable. Like, like, oh, that one time. Whereas I feel like you guys. We just were mixed. always like, fighting. Y'all were always fighting. Yeah. And I feel like even you say, whenever we all get in a car together, I'm, I'm still on edge. Like, oh my God, mom and I are going to fight. Like, mom and I were always fighting. And it was always about me, like, disrespecting. But I feel like that has a lot to do with the re- fact that mom had you so young. Yeah. That she kind of grew up with you. Well, and I also you know? did not see her as, like an authority parent figure like to me she was I was like I think in in the most brutal way I had a lot of anger and I was like if you were a a grown parent this wouldn't be happening which is an unfair thing to no I I know and I feel like you were kind of daddy's girl oh I was 100% you were daddy's girl girl. and considering who our dad was he had a lot of say in yeah the relationship that you kind of put on well and she definitely triangulated of like you guys are poor yeah. because mom is yeah. irresponsible like there was definitely like a lot of false triangulation and but all that because say, he didn't follow up on any of the exactly, he was supposed to pay or part I didn't know like um but I think it's it's meant that like you had a very different relationship with mom and you but you also didn't always get away with everything like like I definitely I never drank or smoke in high school and you I did, did get away but with it, it kicked me in the ass but not like because I got mom away kicked you in the ass. No, because not it, because mom. Because it literally crashed yeah. me. And mom was like, oh no. <laughs> like, yeah. Now I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you and mom are the most similar? Again, in certain ways. I mean, it was the, only the four of us growing up. Because she's the youngest too. Well, I know. But I'm saying like in certain ways, all of us are like each other. I mean, okay. Yes. Short answer. But also having grown up with literally the four of us. I feel like when people, when we say, yeah, our family's really small, people don't understand that we did not like it was just the four of us there's no grandparents no grandparents we did not have a relationship with our uncles or aunts yeah or cousins like it was just us and I feel like people don't understand that and so when you ask me that question I'm like we're all really mixed of each other (laughs) but in like very opposite ways but overall, yes, it's like mom. <laughs> when I was reading the youngest child syndrome description, it made me think about how much blue I think saved you in many ways. Don't oh, cry. Yeah. Blue, yeah. our family dog, which is also our pandemic puppy, which very much was adopted on the, under the pretense of this is Issa's dog. People who follow me on TikTok know that blue saved my life. Yeah, blue saved your life. But a lot of these things around like youngest children, um, like you get away with a lot of things. You you shoulder a lot of less responsibility and like not really being taught that responsibility and caretaking. Blue saved me from that because yeah. when you guys left, I lost, I honestly lost my sense of the world. Yeah. But I feel like Blue brought me back in a way yeah. that taught me the things that I didn't know when you guys were around, like responsibility. <laughs> but like, because you did, you, I think you did have to do some caretaking of like Amaya, but it was just like a different dynamic. Yeah, that was kind of just, required caretaking it wasn't like love caretaking no 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 it was it was just kind of like I had rules set out you know we've talked about this before like we had to go into a clinic and they'd lay out the things that I'd need to do so I mean the first time that I really felt our dynamic shift and Helen told me this too our energy therapist that I changed the course of our lineage yeah when um when I basically screamed at Agoon Oh, that was like disowned. a huge 
turning point for not only our sisterhood, but for like was it our like children. a co- confidence boost for you? I was just pissed, but yeah, yeah. Overall, like I left that trip being like good fucking riddance. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a realization of the power that I did have. Okay, I have my a follow voice. up question. What? Have you ever wanted a younger sibling? No. Really? You very much enjoy being a dog mom. A dog mom. Blue is my son. Like, do you I... want kids? No. Really? Ever? Are you surprised? You never want a child. Are you surprised? We've talked about this. I'm kind of surprised. Really? Like, you just want to be a dog mom forever. I want to build a pit bull sanctuary. So you don't want to... No, like, I I really want to build a pit bull sanctuary. Where, like, I... Like, that is that is also a huge motivator, motivator for me making money. <laughs> so you can have a pit bull sanctuary. Well, that requires... Because they're pit bulls. And a lot of pit bulls require a lot of trading, trading and guidance. And that is not because of... Why? Because they're pit bulls. Like, it's not... Yeah. Like, if anything, dogs are so much nurture over nature. And pit bulls are an example of that. Because my statistics project, my final stats mm-hmm. project was about pit bulls. There's a... Like, I think it's something like 98% of the homeless dog population are pit bulls. And like they get treated so poorly that they become aggressive. And while they do have the history of being fight dogs, so like they have that kind of genetic makeup of lockjaw and things like that, those are real. Like those are such easily trained things that people don't invest in. Would it be like a pit bull breeder? Would you be- No, 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 no. There's so many pit bulls out there. It'd be for like all the turned over pit bulls. Yeah. I mean, or I mean, not overturned, not turned over pit bulls, but like I would be the place that turns over pit bulls. Like I would hire mm. Zach George, the trainer. You don't know him. That's a different side of social media. A different side of TikTok. <laughs> he's, he's like, a- wait, so you don't want any kids? Like when you, but you, wait, you talk about with certain exes. Oh, we'll get married and I have kids. I will have kids with certain exes. So, okay. With the right person. Yeah, with the right person. But I would still have a lot of dogs. Okay. <laughs> sibling wise, do you feel this what is, is kind this of- episode about? No, I'm just curious because like, I feel like I've always wanted more siblings. Like I've always wanted like additional little brothers and little sisters exactly but would you want to be a little sister like you want to stay your ground in where you're i honestly in the sister it's lineage not even right that like i cannot even imagine what it's like to have a, an older sibling okay exactly i don't want a younger sister but i would gladly know. take on i already have i feel like henry and zach are new older siblings mm. like i would gladly take on more older siblings but younger siblings i'm like take care of yourself <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we have so much more to talk about and I have a lot more questions. Um, so, uh, we're going to end now. However, we are going to stay here for another 40 minutes and record another episode that will come out next week. So definitely stay tuned. Um, and I love you, Issa. And, um, I'm happy that we're not in what you call the minion phase anymore. Um, and I'm really proud of the woman that you've become. I love you. Love you. Bye y'all. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! 
this. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. We're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.